are the Borg. Prepare your human ears for green shirt assimilation. Existence as you know it is over. Cameron's transformation from next generation newbie is well underway. Will someone please explain the holodeck to me? Co-hosts Marcy and Rob are adding their biological distinctiveness to his. Ugh, gross. And I quit. Arnold doesn't like it. This week's episode, Identity Crisis. Resistance is futile. <laughs> uh, Rob, I was uh, I was on Facebook the other day and uh, it looked like it looked like you was it you missed your son's birthday? I am a deadbeat dad. Um, so Max's 10th birthday was on Monday, and I woke up, I walked him to school, and then I get home, and I, a little pain a, a pain starts in my tummy. It was hurting my entire stomach, my whole tum-tum, and I uh, got, so I had to lay in bed, and I started feeling nauseous, and then eventually I threw up, and then I'm like, well, crap, what am I... What am I sick with? Uh, but I did walk to school, even though I had pain and spent the last two hours in bed. I went back and picked him up at school again. I walked over and picked him up. And then, uh, so then Aaron gets off. My wife, Aaron, gets off work early for his birthday. And she says, hey, let's take you to urgent care and see what's up. So they drew some blood. Uh, Aaron dropped me off. You know, she can't be there in the hospital. So I'm there just on my phone for like two hours. My blood test comes back and I have low bloods, low, or my white blood cells are high. And uh, which is a bad sign. So then I get a CAT scan. Have you guys ever been in a CAT scan? No. Nope. They're pretty interesting. It's like the movies. You're like going through a donut and you have mm-hmm. to hold your breath at a certain time. And uh, so that was cool. And then uh, they said, well, the CAT scan results won't be going for like maybe two hours. So go on home. And I did. And like Max got to like, you know, open his, start opening his presents and eat some cake. Anyway, then they called me and said, hey, your appendix needs to come out. Why don't you come back to the hospital? And Aaron drove me back. And then uh yep sure enough they put three little holes in my tummy uh one to inflate me with air one to put a camera in there and one to take out the fingerling potato sized uh that's what size the (laughs) appendix is it wasn't like about to burst or anything it's just been uh, trouble for a couple of years like it just hurts once in a while so no big deal but i'm home by midnight so i wake up it's all in this course of a full day but Ah. i missed my son's birthday he was okay with it we had a special dinner later in the week but and then back on my feet, everything's fine. It's a it's medical craziness that they can just poke you three times and like a week later I feel pretty much normal. Yeah. Except for the fact that you got beta cucked by your own vestigial organ. Oh Ugh, feeling very alpha oh, no. there or what? You think my weakness is is uh, apparent now, but uh He's stronger than ever. (laughs) No weakness now. Well, you have to track down his appendix, which is locked in a box somewhere, and destroy that to destroy him. It's the only way to defeat Rob now. It's like his horcrux. (laughs) It's his horcrux. (laughs) So at any point during this, did you start to develop giant blue veins on your body? And maybe your fingers fused into flipper hands? Did that ever happen? This episode did hit home for me. Um but I actually, the one thing that was weird in the hospital was I didn't always understand what clothes to, to to take off. Like the first time for the CAT scan, I swear I thought he said, I thought he said, <laughs> strip down, strip down to your jeans. Uh, but no, he just said, basically just said, doff your jeans. Like I, so I come back out and he's like, nope, wrong. You did the entirely, entirely wrong. Pants off only. And so I was like, oh man, because it's really hard for me so to, I was like, like so your penis out of your zipper. Penis out of zipper. Yeah. Is that what you said? And then so, uh, yeah. And then I got nervous about it when I 
when I went back for the procedure, I clearly wasn't like in my right listening head. And so I was worried when they said like disrobe and put on this, uh, put on the hospital gown. And so I like texted Aaron, like, am I supposed to get totally naked? I don't want to screw this up again. <laughs> and uh, it's weird. I haven't, and somebody had to like roll me over and look at my butt to like put a, you know, the bed sore, uh, like a, a sticker on my, a large sticker on my lower back. And I was like, oh, this is, I haven't had, this has been, I'm not used to this, uh, but it was a great experience. Anyway, that's happy birthday, Max. <laughs> happy birthday, yeah. Max. Happy birthday, Max. Well, hello and welcome everybody to this week's episode of Green Shirt. I am Cameron, who is currently rewriting my geek DNA by finally watching The Next Generation. And here to help shine a light on this horrific bodily transformation, the Gina Davis to my Jeff Goldblum, Marcy. Earth girls are easy. <laughs> Well, the fly, but no, that that actually is, that works too. They're, they're both body. Yeah, because they change both, from aliens to humans. You're right. You're right. That's well, they fair. shave their they shave their fur. They don't change. <laughs> Whatever. They transform themselves into handsome men. <laughs> handsome man. That's a body fantasy movie. Well, wait a second. Yeah, exactly. I didn't realize Gina Davis is yeah. also in the fly. Yeah. Boy, I, it's been a long time since I watched that. That's a sequel to Earth Girls Are Easy. <laughs> and the Kurt Russell to my Wilford Brimley, Rob. Hey, it's the thing. Look out for the thing. The thing. And uh, just checking in the producer's booth, John. I want to make sure everything's working really well tonight in case, you know, we need to review these recordings in five years when we realize we all got pregnant tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. I have 3D cameras okay. in each of your rooms right now so we can... Uh, <laughs> Map where everybody is at every time. Perfect. Wait a second. Bad news, you guys. My DNA itches. Is that right? <laughs> you, you probably need to get your DNA removed. <laughs> oh, no. Well, uh, that's it for today. Where it's, ju it's just the four of us. So uh, feel feel free to, to chime in a little bit more than usual, John. You got it. You know, when, when Rob and Marcy and I just more, more John staring at each other, not knowing what to say without a guest here. <laughs> Jesus Christ, come on. It's just a return to normal. I don't know what to do. I don't know. <laughs> if we can't return to normal on the podcast, how are we going to do it when we're all vaccinated? Come on, Cam. This is good practice. This week, we watched Identity Crisis, which was surprisingly a pretty unsexy episode considering how many piles of discarded clothing they find during it. I like. Mm -hmm. uh, so we open on some documentary footage. I think this is a... This whole episode is kind of groundbreaking as far as storytelling. Yeah, I thought I, I kind of wanted to just see the entire like paranormal activity version of Star Trek. Yep. Right. Yeah, they jump right in the middle of the mystery. Mm -hmm. And I'm jumping right in the middle of IMDb Minute because we have our first two <laughs> oh <my God>. actors. <laughs> and I'm only going to do the two actors. There's the four different people they talk about, but only two of them We're are We're not going to talk about Ravel, who was hired onto the show to be a named character who only has to like stand really still and at one point turn off his google glass <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not talking about Ravel. we'll talk about marianne plunkett though who plays light later oh yeah she began in 1984 on miami vice as mary mcdermott <laughs> there's a tv a tv movie in 1989 called the littlest victims oh Aww. that sounds terrible <laughs> no <laughs> uh matlock went up uh, a little L.A. Law, the one episode of Star Trek. Sorry, Layton, not coming back. Um, a little Murder, She Wrote. Oh, uh, well, three episodes of Law and Order. Did she play Law or Order? She played the and the ampersand. Oh. Um, 
uh, three episodes of <laughs> That was the only response to that question that could have worked. <laughs> Sometimes Rob's jokes. It's been a while since I've got to hear pure Rob. Because, yeah, you know, I'm we t- quiet with the guests. I know. Well, and like we talk over you so much that like when your jokes come out, sometimes they just hit hard. <laughs> The three episodes of House of Cards, and then oh, there's a movie in 2016 called Youth in Oregon. Oh, so that's a that's a hit, hit home, literally. And finally, did you guys watch the um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood movie? She oh. plays Joanne Rogers. Oh. oh, Joanne Rogers is that his wife or his sibling? Or mother? Okay, I don't I did know. Not watch it. Which one is that? Because the Tom Joanne. Hanks one is Won't You Be My Neighbor, isn't it? That was the documentary, I think. Oh, it was the documentary. Because I, I know there were two. Yeah. There was a documentary and a drama that came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's not Tom Hanks. It's Colin Hanks, y'all. Come on. <laughs> what? No. It's Mr. Rogers, played by Tom Hanks. No, but she's right. Colin Hanks played Mr. Rogers, too. Oh, really? Yeah. It was very confusing. Is, that, <laughs> is Mr. Rogers, is Mr. Rogers too, like Gallagher, too? How Gallagher's brother plays Gallagher, too? Do you know that? Was, yeah. was Mr. Rogers 2 yeah. like Speed 2 Cruise Control? Mr. Rogers Cruise Control? <laughs> Mr. Rogers 2 Cruise Control. Yeah. Every 2 is always Cruise yeah. Control. <laughs> Mr. Rogers Cruise Control. He's like putting on his like sweater. And he's like, get on the back, Sandra Bullock. I got you. <laughs> All right, King Friday, Friday, get us out of here. <laughs> and it's like The Rock playing King Friday. Pop quiz, King Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got there. Thanks, thanks, Marianne Plunkett. Yeah, good job. Good job. <laughs> Hell yeah. Good work facing off against Willem Dafoe on that boat. It was awesome. <laughs> I thought maybe without a guest that this would be a quicker record. That was way off. Um, Hickman, real quick, is played by Amik Bry- Byram. Uh, he's in 19 Things, starting in 1983 in Quincy M.E., uh, he's a singer in Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland, that little I animated. I just watched that with my kids the other day. Oh. Cute. Jake and the Fat Man. Just the, oh, wait, two episodes in Star Trek, but one was Commander Ian Andrew Troy. Oh, Commander Ian Andrew Troy? Wait a minute. Hold on. Don't. Spell the same spell way. T-R-O-Y. Nope. This is T-R-O-I. <laughs> I'm trying to trick Cameron. Uh, 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 sorry. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> We need a guest, Jesus. <laughs> Saved by the Bell, the new the class. Um, he did a lot of cartoons. Hmm. Uh, sorry, spoiler. He's in cartoons. I'll spoil everything. Million Ways to Die in the West. Olaf's Frozen Adventure. He's a lot of additional voices and like chorus and side things. And then he ended up 2019 American Dad, the Soup Jingle Singer. And that's the last we've heard of a Mick Byram. Thanks, Hickman. Yeah, thanks for uh, wandering around the space Roanoke. Right, right, right. So, I and I know, like, right. the... <laughs> I mean, so this episode certainly does a lot of hand-wavy stuff with the science and technology. But I wouldn't be me unless I brought it up. Like, wouldn't Jordy's visor be able to see the creatures on Tarchanis <laughs> during this beginning? Like, yes. haven't we established that his visor should be able to ke- pick up all these things? Oh, I've got oh, this. I've absolutely. Got, I've got okay. this one. No. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, no, but remember, he's ha- he has to like change the settings. Oh, so, really? Like, yeah. Oh. He doesn't see in every spectrum. It's sort of like the predator. Remember, okay, the predator yeah, had yeah, to go yeah. like vroom, vroom, vroom <laughs> through all the different settings. Shouldn't Jordy just be doing that all the time? Jordy's the predator in this episode. He is. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he, I mean, he definitely should I'm be on an investigation. I'm just picturing creeping through a jungle, just being like, I see <laughs> but Jordy was the also the predator in the last Jordy episode. I mean, a different kind of predator. <laughs> oh yes. I mean, we'll get into that because it's pretty hard. Because I re listened to our recent episode that we dropped. That's about Jordy, and so it was like in my mind watching this one. Well, John was right. This definitely, in a lot of ways, feels like a a, a response to that episode. I'm deciding uh, that the last Jordy episode was a dream, and then the rest of it. I really like Jordy in this one. He's back. He's back in my good graces. I, I'm, no. I'm not considering the his last one canon at all. <laughs> That's all. Uh, let's get to that scene because basically we learn about this mystery. Mm-hmm. Another colony has gone missing. They don't know why. And then uh, Leighton and Jordy meet in Ten Forward. Mm-hmm. Well, what about you? Mm, I enjoy the bachelor's life too much. It doesn't sound like my little brother who always wanted advice on women. Obviously, you were uh, a great advisor. What does that... Okay, first of all, what does that even mean? Does it mean that he's good at getting with women or bad at getting with women? Because it's... Also... How high were they with reading those lines? Like, (laughs) both of them just listening to that. Like, what are you guys... And again, another woman has to literally line out for him, my little brother, because, like, you know, he's been hitting on her way back when, like, he doesn't, he doesn't use her last name ever, he just calls her Susanna, even though that she's been his superior, even way before when, when... They really were spelling it out. I thought I was thinking like if I was a you know morning DJ, I'd be like, oh, friend zone. Like I was <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that she does that, though. She like puts it in a box immediately. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I hadn't a thought about it, but <laughs> I thought they were just doing that for the audience. I, I was on board right away with them being friends. And I didn't think George, they may, I mean, they spelled it out. I think they were spelling it out for the audience. I was like, oh, they're writing this for us. They're not really trying to convince Jordan. Yeah, I mean, my my whole viewing of this, I mean, I, I loved this episode. <laughs> like, I loved it. Oh, but, well, let's like... Read it. Let's go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it was hard to not, like, color these scenes because I had just listened to our episode about Jordy being a D-hole. So yeah. it was sort of, like, even still with my vision being colored from that episode... Like, I loved this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the last episode certainly colored my vision, too. But I went the other way where I was like, oh, thank God, not Jordy doesn't hit on every woman in his life that he can have a good professional relationship with a coworker. So yeah. that but but I mean, that is I, I do like the idea that he tried to hit on her in the past. And she was like, no, you're my brother. That's what we're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, I mean that was no, you're right. That was that was an awkward line. I don't know exactly what Jordy was meaning. Like it sounded like he was kind of trying to like playfully barb that her advice wasn't good, and that's why he's single. And then there's like a weird awkward silence, and then they play it off like they're both scared about what's happening. I don't know. It, it was awkward. And the problem that bugs me so much is because that throwaway awkward line is the anchor for the emotional stakes at the very end of the episode. And uh, I wish it had been stronger. Yeah, I was fine with it. Jordy was way better with with Leighton than he was with Leia Brahms. Let's just oh, say. Leia Brahms. Uh, you know what they say about her? <laughs> what do they say? She ain't no holodeck girl. 
Ain't no holiday girl. I don't know how I feel. Yeah? Yeah? I'm I'm really proud of that Uh, one. So proud I had to bring it back two episodes later. uh, So are we just going to relitigate Jordy again or what? Nope, moving on. Okay. Um, He's he's back. He's back and they're on the bridge. They're back on the bridge. Picard, we see Picard try his maneuver of talking someone through flying a shuttle through the atmosphere for the second time. That's right. (laughs) Why don't they teleport the whole shuttle into the ship? Or the man into the ship? Or do something (laughs) other than just stand there and watch the ship explode into... Out of range. I know, I know. I didn't quite believe the out of range. I'm like, you have warp. Just warp forward a little bit so you can... Teleport him in. Like, yes, exactly. That's literally the Picard maneuver. Exactly, <laughs> exactly John Bowles. He accidentally, like, Picard maneuvers through the shuttle and, like, destroys it. And I understand, you know, for the plot, they couldn't save them, but they already have it built into the script that they can't detect the people once they've transformed. So they wouldn't have been able to teleport him anyway. Well, maybe he wasn't fully transformed. Well, he was whatever the writers wanted him to be at this point. <laughs> Marcy, I'm trying to back up your point. I don't know. You guys really want them to have written in one more line where it's like why they can't warp 10 feet closer? Like, I don't know. That's fine. No, it's just like to me always so silly. It's like you've literally battled the Borg and destroyed the Borg and you can't figure out how to keep one guy from killing himself in a shuttle. It's hard to believe that the USS Enterprise can't catch up to a shuttle. Well, they would have just had to like <laughs> even add. With impulse engines. Even with impulse they engines, had- Marcy, exactly. Then they would have added (laughs) electromagnetic interference or Mm -hmm. uh, an asteroid belt. And it was like just a budget increase for no reason except to please you two. (laughs) It it is always fun to see like Picard have to like, like try to talk somebody out out of doing something, though. I mean, like, it's always fun watching those. No, that's that's a good good scene. I also love whenever Picard goes options and everyone just stares at each other blankly. <laughs> and he's like i guess i gotta figure this shit out myself <laughs> what do i pay you in space dollars for <laughs> so they uh, have to beam down to tarchanus 3 to a cacophony of frogs i'm pretty sure i have that exact swamp ambience unlike a beginner sound effects cd yeah it's yeah. cool can on a desert I mean, planet yeah. It's not on a desert planet. It was a desert planet, and there was from the there was frogs. They couldn't find anything what are you more talking alien. About? What from like the atmosphere? It was like well, a sandstorm. Yeah, it was a sandstorm. When they Just walk around, it's a sandstorm doesn't mean it's a desert fucking planet, Cam. Pretty sure it kind of does. And what about sand frogs? <laughs> I just wanted something more alien. It's such a cool. I loved. The, I loved the planet side. It just felt weird hearing frogs when we went there. I thought they could have come up with something a little more alien sound. Well, frogs in the desert is pretty weird. <laughs> I, I knew someone was going to say that. <laughs> I realized I had a question about the crashing shuttle. Real quick, it, mm. how do you picture it going down on the shuttle? Was Hickman like in the middle of transforming as he approached the cha- the? planet and then he at the last minute was too far gone to pilot it i mean obviously like i assumed he had put in the coordinates and then transformed at some point and was just kind of a raving weird tarchanon creature by the time it reached the planet i mean the one that crashed into it though wouldn't it have been autopiloted or yeah why did it crash yeah i assume the autopilot only gets you to the planet and then you have to fly it through the atmosphere that makes no sense anything else in the show. Well, yeah, but like if you have autopilot that doesn't land the ship, then what the fuck? 
point as it, is it to have autopilot. Well, maybe you have Okay, to... I made it to the planet, but I'm going to die just orbiting around the planet because it won't land Well, that's, that's... What do you mean? That's what autopilot used to be in airplanes. That's what cruise control is. You can set your car to drive down the freeway, but you're going to have to take over to get off the, like... uh, the, the expressway. Cameron thinks they're still using cruise control technology in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, we're in the future. You should be able to, like, land me on this planet. Like, you shouldn't need to know how to pilot okay. anything. As he was transforming and waving his hands around, he knocked into a few buttons, spilled his Diet Coke on the control panels, and probably took a shit in the dilithium core. I like core. Rob's thought about, like, it being, like, last minute. Like, he's, like, on the wheel or whatever. They have the joystick. They don't have Marcy those, thinks they the still buttons. have wheels in the shuttles in the future, guys. <laughs> and then he needs to, like... <laughs> Maybe he needs to like ten like use his keyboard, and that's when his fingers transformed into the three oh, fingers. Into the, into the like again he can no with longer the type. He couldn't turn the ignition key anymore because his hand had changed, and so he was like, ah, "I can't." Rob still thinks they have ignition keys in the future. <laughs> he can't. He can't shift the gear shift. He, he threw like, on the tr- three on the tree. I can't change the gear. He needs a dialing wand, like in that episode with Homer Simpson. Mash your like, hands on the keys real quick. Yeah. Your fingers are too fat. Oh. Hold while we send you a dialing wand. <laughs> Does that oh. answer your question, Rob? Oh, perfect. Okay. Thank you. Yes. There's two sets of words that I wrote in my notes multiple times, and it kind of sums up my feelings for this episode. The first one being so creepy. So many cool, creepy moments in this episode, right? Mm -hmm. I I wrote that a number of times. The other words I wrote over and over and over again, buddy system. Where is your buddy? This whole episode could have been avoided, or at least the third act, if they had just given the two people in danger an escort. Oh, yeah. Well... I just cannot believe you literally know that something's happening to these people who are down on the planet. And you're like, okay, everybody split up and go look around. Like, no. One person who hasn't been on the planet with the people who are on the planet. Like, yes, buddy system. I want somebody to make us a jingle every time Cameron finds a reason for the episode to not exist. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew you'd bring that up too, Rob. But... (laughs) Come on, in this, in this episode, the characters even bring it up. I don't know, Jordy, should you be alone? And then they decide, ah, it'll be fine. Just just give me a call if you start getting sick. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there should be, I mean, 100%, you're right. I just... Uh... I was like, what the fuck do you have war for, okay? <laughs> His fucking job is to be a security person that, like, follows somebody around who's in danger, right? Like, you could have had, totally had a Worf and Jordy bro moment. Right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so yeah, they they find again. Uh, I forget which characters now. Is it uh, Bre- Mendez, Mendez, and Hickman, Bravel? I forget who yeah. crashed. Bravel. But yeah, they find they find their clothes. And I mean, I, at this point, I would have been like, yeah, there's some some Bacchanalian orgy happening on this planet. Like, what is going on? That's like the first thing you. It's think like an of? eyes wide shot. Yeah, you find a bunch of clothes on the ground. You're like, yeah, no, they're all they're wearing ripped apart. They're all wearing like masquerade masks and like boning each Looking other. For a blindfolded guy playing an alien piano somewhere. <laughs> yes, what? On, exactly. What weird planets have you been to? Like my first note, because it's been a long time since I've watched this. Is are the people turning into beasts? I mean, obviously, like they're transforming. This is a Star Trek X episode. <laughs> 
I just want that to be the narration for the episode trailer. Marcy saying, are the people turning into beasts? <laughs> that, that would be hooked. I'd watch it. Yep. That'd be really That'd funny. Be if the only did, line. If they did set up this creepy, creepy ass tone, and then that's the, what they discover is yeah. that they came down to party. Had a party. It's a galactic burning man down there. Yeah. <laughs> so Leighton freaks, um, and Jordy's got to subdue her, and they beam her back, and we get uh, kind of the first of the cool stylistic shots, like the super close-up on her eyes. Oh, my God. I just jizzed in my pants <laughs> when they started doing all the UV light stuff. Oh, then. Like, oh, the contacts. yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is like 2020 impressive graphics or yeah. whatever like yeah. cg rah, 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 like we'll we could have this argument all day but like good practical effects yeah. are just yep. fucking amazing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah but is she i don't think she's like at like max uv no no she's nothing here there's yet. just it's just a super close-up on her eyes when she wakes up in med bay in the scene that was oh. that i thought was pretty cool oh okay uh, damn it Sorry. <laughs> no so this was the second time I wrote Buddy System because again Leighton and Jordy just go wandering the ship alone. Yep. Yeah, and then and then we get and I bet Marcy's going to agree with me here, the best scene of the episode, the data and doc scene. Yeah. Oh, I data. think I that's yeah, I have like a clip from that. Yep, there we go. We may not have much time. You're worried about Jordy, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I'm an android. <laughs> It is not possible for, for me you to, to feel anxiety. Starfleet personnel have vanished. Others may be at risk. We must do the best we can to find out why. <laughs> However, I am strongly motivated to solve this mystery. Oh, yeah. I love the doctor and data and data's like, again, like, I got like one line clip from Jordy and the rest of it's like the data scenes because really that's the storyline I like. No, just kidding. But it is fun. It's again like seeing that they're best friends mm-hmm. and Data's trying his best to kind of like help but just doesn't know how. <laughs> well, honestly, Marcy, I'm I I'm not kidding. I I did want more of the Data Jordy stuff. Uh I I like the episode. I did like the episode. I didn't love the end. I felt like the end didn't stick the landing and I can talk more about that later, but I think one of the reasons why is well someone so someone on Twitter was talking about this episode on our on our post and she made a good point she wished it had been data who had brought Jordy back or at least let data be more involved than just holding the flashlight she says and i agree with that big time but i also think like if it had been data if this had been a data Jordy friendship episode just i mean this watching this scene i was like yes like that emotional punch of like the only reason Jordy was saved is because of his friendship with data and that he trusted data if that had been the moment at the end if it had been data sitting next to Jordy i, I mean i think Leighton is fine but yeah just it wasn't couldn't hold a candle to what those two have. You're right. I mean, I think it would have been a much better episode if that was the case. Yeah. Do you want to shout out that uh, Twitter handle? Oh, I think thank it's you. Uh, Bong I Ripper, Bong <laughs> Ripper four twenty sixty nine. If I remember, K uh, uh, S Davis eighteen K S. Good point, K S. What up, K S? Nice job, K S Davis. Well, well no, it was a great note too because I was like, yeah, the end just didn't quite sit. That's why that was it. She wins our tweet of the week, and I'm going to send out uh, your prize pack is in the mail to your Twitter account. Five space bucks? It's a dildo. It's- <laughs> Five space bucks and a dildo. 
It's the orange one Cam talked about. Yeah. <laughs> the double right, I had to get it out of my house. My kid kept playing with it. You're welcome. Uh, the other, the Thanks other... for not listening to our show anymore. <laughs> Thanks for being a listener. We'll see you never. Uh, uh, yeah, but I also love the scene because as we've talked about, like Data does this, pulls this maneuver all the time, right? Where he's like, oh, it's not emotions. It's just, and then he describes having an emotion. And I realized like Data is the poster child for imposter syndrome. Like that, he, he suffers from that so big. He's like, oh, I'm not human. I don't have emotions. Yes, you do, Data. You do. Just own it. Have confidence in your emotions. I can re- I can relate, though. I think that's Marcy's job to shout, he has emotions after every scene like this, right? <laughs> yeah. But she's won me over after four seasons. Marcy's brought me over. I was going to ask her. At the, I was gonna, Marcy, do you think Data has emotions? <laughs> yes, of yeah. course he does. Even Crusher is like, all right, I'm not even pretending right. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is me calling you on your bullshit. Exactly. Yeah, he just has autism. Yeah. Um. After this scene, you get the scene of Susanna mm-hmm. and Jordy reviewing the footage. Reviewing the footage. I don't know what is that? like. I feel like I like this character of Layton. Because she's a little more low-key than the other guest stars that we've had on. Mm-hmm. It's been like, she's kind of like, she's got authority, but she's not like in your face about everything, mm-hmm. right? She has a certain Joanne Rogers quality. Uh, Mr. Rogers quality. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's just, she's a different type of character than we've seen before. And then mm-hmm. like this scene, Jordy is like getting... Like, so angry I hear. I just feel like I realized Jordy is just a big, fat fucking drama queen. Like, in every (laughs) episode that he's in, I'm like, why are you yelling at her? Like, obviously, she's freaking out because she's she's transforming and Mm -hmm. she's like, something weird is happening to her. And he's kind of like, not really even understanding what's happening and making it all about him. (laughs) And I'm like, come on, Jordy. Stop being a drama queen. See what's happening in front of your fucking face. She's having a freak out. Like, Well, I like the scene later where he's yelling at Data and there's the engineer in the background just kind of (laughs) surreptitiously looks back like, oh, Chief's having a moment again. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean to be fair, look, Jordy's in a very stressful situation. The clock's ticking mm-hmm. on him too, and this person he cares about. He's 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 under the gun. He doesn't know what to do. He's all he could also be feeling the uh, you know, the same thing she's feeling, like the draw to the planet. Yeah. I just feel like take a step back <laughs> and look at what the situation is. And he never really does that. He's always just like, me, me, me. Everybody hates me. She doesn't love me. Oh, she's my best friend. But oh, I don't know. Captain wants me to reverse the polarity in three minutes. <laughs> I am I think we're lucky that the, that two episodes ago doesn't exist because I didn't think he overreacted in this. Uh, I, I think Which, what, what, what episode, Luckily. Rob? Uh, so I, I, didn't, I didn't think he overreacted in this. I think he was, I thought it was appropriately uh, strong and not, I didn't, I don't know if he, if I felt like he was berating her, but. Uh. Yeah, it just felt strange, like that interaction. It just, it, it felt like kind of bad writing and like, yeah. we have to remind the audience that she's being irrational. Right. Well, he's, and I guess maybe it's just because I have to use that voice while parenting and I'm not like, I'm always <laughs> like, yeah, I have to be firm. Like, no, you can't go down. You can't go down to the planet. You're changing into a weird creature. You can't go down. I think I have said, like, this was your idea in that exact same tone multiple times to my kids. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanted to watch Sonic, okay? So I put on Sonic. Why are we having a fit right now? (laughs) Eat your (laughs) Pop-Tart. He just 
just like shoves a pop tart at her. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this ass, it is hard for an actress. I mean, she has to fall and and suddenly have neck veins and hand webs. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, again, why are people so slow? <laughs> I know the extra in the back is like, he was kind of watching all this. And then yeah, he's like, oh. People literally, like, when I'm at the hospital, <laughs> okay, I'm sitting there typing, and I hear somebody in the room going, going, I hear these sounds, stand up, straighten up your knees, stand up, stand up. And I'm like, <laughs> like run as fast as I can I get in there and help lift this person up and get them back into bed and I didn't like like it took me I wasn't even seeing it happen like I was hearing somebody in a panic situation literally she was in front of them collapse going to collapse she's like she's she's gyrating for like a minute straight practically and I'm like go and help the poor woman and then she collapses I have a theory the I think that in the future falling is practically extinct you no longer people, so they don't know what to do it's like headaches yeah they you know that's right they don't, don't do it anymore the 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 fake gravity keeps you on your feet at all times. Right. I think that nobody's used to it. They're like, "What is it? What just happened? I don't even have a word." Yeah, for this. They have like an anti gravity hat that they wear that just always keeps them upright no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Guinan wears. That's why she never. Oh, falls. that's an, that's her yeah. giant hat. Okay, <laughs> this is canon now. Guinan's hat is an anti gravity device. I love the whole idea of like really o- older adults in the future like have amazing cybernetic legs that make them like even stronger than like a normal person <laughs> like why not why wouldn't you we've got those now almost yeah <laughs> like they kick warp and he goes like flying across the room and it's a 95 year old woman well i mean that's a new one yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so yeah she has an incredibly fast mutation her fingers fuse together in a matter of seconds so i have a question this happens in star trek a lot where somebody changes their complete form <laughs> and then gets changed back. Their entire DNA is nearly rewritten. They become another like, species, Marcy. Yeah, I know. And I'm just like, in my mind, I can't wrap my head around the idea that changing the d- DNA inside your body is going to instantly change the outward appearance of you. And even if it does... I don't think it's like the cold that you just get over by resting for a couple of hours. <laughs> like, I've got the answer to this. Uh, future. It's the fu- future. <laughs> Alien. Aliens that you've never seen before. Yeah. I'm with Rob on this. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's Because I saw an Outer Limits episode one once where a guy started evolving really fast and it did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the future. <laughs> So you're saying they watched this episode in Star Trek and were like, we need to prepare for that. We need to get technology to remedy that. Yeah. Uh, My problem with this episode is, what? An alien in their DNA? No, that can't happen. Of course it can happen. It's it's fucking Star Trek. (laughs) No, I know. It just feels like... Like, I want to know if that really could happen. Like, I didn't look it up or anything. It seemed incredibly fast that they were making that. I mean, it it felt like the fly. It felt like a David Cronenberg movie. This this episode is like if Alfred Hitchcock directed David Cronenberg. The fly happened. That's a documentary. So that happened. That's a documentary, yeah. But, I mean, HB on our Facebook made the good point of, like, if they have the technology to kind of reactivate your DNA the way Crusher does to this poor woman at the end of the episode, like... How are they not immortal? How can they not just constantly rewrite their DNA to keep from aging? 
ethics, I guess. They just ethically don't feel like it's right to do that. They've already talked about that with things like cryonics. Like, they don't believe in freezing people either, which I think is dumb. Like, they feel like death is part of life, which I think is an interesting question, too, because Paul and I have had this conversation. And it's like, well, if we could live longer... We are already doing it right now mm-hmm. with medical technology. We used to die, like, at 50, and if you were 80, that was, like, a miracle. Right. And now people are, like, old age is getting to be, like, in the hundreds mm-hmm. now. Like, so we're already doing it, but, like, if we could stop death. Get some real Pulaski vibes off Marcy here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, some people wouldn't want to, you know? People well, don't mean- want... Oh, oh, sure. On a societal scale, there would be problems. But of course, on an individual level, everyone would want to. But some people don't want to. Some people are like, it's part of life is dying because Jesus tells us we have to die so we can go to heaven. And that's like 50% of the world. Are you trying to convert me right now, Marcy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, Marcy, this is an amazing eye effect that they have when Lighten is in the uh, dark medical bay. Who? Skin is simulating the light. A radiant reaction. Some sort of mimetic ability? That's not all. Her body temperature is dropping. Ogawa! Oh, yeah. It's as if she's generating a disruptive field. I can barely get any readings off of her now. What's her rate of transformation? It's increasing. That's not possible. It should have been inhibited by the T-cell stimulator. God damn it, Ogawa! You were in my lab, weren't you? There's a foreign <laughs> body inside her that's producing these changes. Something like a viral crash. A very small one if our scans haven't found it. I want a full genetic analysis. Why haven't you done that already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this just falls into the same, like, how are the creatures casting a shadow? Like, how is this parasite not a parasite? Just not detectable by all of their science unless they know what they're looking for. It's- oh, I've got the answer. Oh, Viral crash. Oh. oh I, hadn't, I hadn't considered <laughs> that, Rob. I mean, it could could be disguising itself as some other kind of virus that is normal to humans that we would just ignore because we got lots of shit in our bodies (laughs) that, you know, our body can take care of, right? That, like, scans don't pick up. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I... I mean, we, I've got to find things to pick apart because I did really like, like, I like that scene. I was like, oh, God was there. They're figuring it out. I was like, when the doctor's figuring out a mystery, mm-hmm. like, that's fun. And then, like, the effects. I guess, I, I mean, blue is my favorite color. So huh. they use, like, UV paint mm-hmm. on the people to make, like, these veins. And they, sh- they use blue lights to light yeah. up those veins and it blew my mind i was like it's a blue crazy creature and she's got cool contacts i don't know i was digging Mm -hmm. it yeah me too real quick a dark shadow has been moving in marcy's background and i'm pretty certain it's implanted in her throat turn your uv light on marcy (laughs) what is that oh it's just andrew eating uh popcorn what if andrew had painted himself with that and put in uv lights in marcy's room i want i think in five years from now i'll revisit this zoom footage and i'll be like there's a shadow eating lucky charms back here in the background (laughs) going taking a piss in the bathroom behind 
That would have been funny if like the shadow turned out to just be like a guy doing like doing something stupid like yeah. scratching his ass or like well, the, uh, picking his nose. You know, Jordy has to tell the computer to like imagine what whoever's got the camera on him, like the computer has to guess how he was standing because obviously he wasn't in the footage. And yeah, I just wanted him to have like his dick out or like flipping the people off. And the computer would be like, <laughs> look, 90% of the footage I have of this guy, he's doing this, so... Right. It's like, we have a 9% chance of error. You know this, Jordy. So his dick's out. So- all, the, all the photo evidence we have of Ravel is from his OnlyFans. That's right. <laughs> so I also have a question now. Is everybody else who went down to the planet impregnating going to come back in five years? That's not Jordy? I wasn't clear how it was that they infected them. The yeah, shadow I mean, that creature. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. They like shove their dicks, like little teeny dicks inside. Guys, this is a planet of an invisible rapist. Like Tasha had nothing to worry about on her rape planet. What was what was that shadow doing to them without their knowledge? Right. I wanted to know how they got impregnated. Yeah. It was heads up, seven up. They just touch your thumb and they just. <laughs> that, that's all. That's it was all. pretty. Oh, okay. Probably not rape. I'm glad you guys went straight to rape, though. Well, if I'm um, impregnated without my consent, I, that's rape, isn't it? Is it not? It's not impregnated. It wasn't like an egg in their throat or whatever. It's not like an alien. She said like, it's how they reproduce. Egg. It's how they reproduce. Yes, they reproduce, but not through. That's not. They don't mean like sexual reproduction in this case. It was a I mean, viral reproduction. Yeah, but it's still. I mean, it's basically they're pregnant. That's just they become the baby instead of the baby emerging from them. They become the baby. Those like ants that get well, those, those bugs get mind controlled by other bugs the or zombie ants. ants get, yeah, the fungus. It's more like okay, Marcy. Why is Marcy the smartest person on this podcast? <laughs> do you think that fungus is raping the <laughs> ants, or do you think the fungus? I play is too many of... video games about fungus called Last <laughs> oh, of somebody's Us. Somebody's playing Last of Us, huh? <laughs> I, I I play a lot of video games about fungus too. It's called Mario Brothers. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> why is, why is why is I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it was the first video game about fungus, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, guys, this is an excellent time for my group uh, discussion or question, group question. Um, do you guys have any stories about mutating at the molecular level into another species? Is that any? Yeah. yeah? Definitely. Uh, I know. Uh, totally. So... You know how much I like horses, right? Oh, is, yes, I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> go on. I don't know where I'm going to go with this, but I can get them up with something. She once implanted her DNA into a horse, uh, and five years later, that horse started to transform into a half horse, half Marcy. <laughs> a horsey, Just if you like would. the Jordy Galaxy ship. The horse had my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey there, Jordy. Mosey, feed me apples. I can't, Marcy. You must die. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're an abomination. Come on. Just give me a couple apples. Just apples. Like, like resurrection. You're alien resurrection. <laughs> Horsey is like, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> when are we going when, when can we get a segment on this written from the or told from the perspective of Horsey Phillips? <laughs> <laughs> 
Marcy, if you turned into a gross, disgusting horse abomination, I would hide you. I would hide you in my tiny shed in my yard, and I would feed you apples. Catherine! I'm here! Shh, Marcy, they're going to hear you! Marcy! Bring your apples in the morning. Quiet! I, like, stick my head over the stall. I can't get another strike against me. <laughs> I've harbored too many gross, disgusting abominations. <laughs> and like, you still creep on other horses, too? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a John Donkey abomination <laughs> with me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, that jackass. <laughs> uh, Rob's just like. Yeah, I'm Rob, good. how you doing? You, you staying with the podcast or what? No, I like this. I um, I'm really enjoying it. I just uh, I don't laugh. I wrote buddy system again because they let Jordy wander around the ship all by himself now. Yeah, that's the, the you're right. That's exactly what I wrote. Like, why is Jordy alone? <laughs> He's gone full Watson, and his Sherlock comes up to him, Data, and says, "Hey, Jordy." All right, all right, all right. You need some help? Is that is, are we doing that for data now? No, okay. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, and he totally shoots him down. And obviously, this is this might be because you know the Jordy is starting to feel that pull to the planet. But yeah, I think data could have been of some help. Oh, for yeah, sure. I mean, always say yes because he's the one that always figures it. If nothing out. else, the engineer who's at the computer terminal behind him should have turned around and be like, "Say yes, Jordy. Yes, data." <laughs> Don't, I've been standing here the entire time. This guy's going crazy over here. He's watched that video like 80,000 <laughs> times and come up with nothing new. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't skip the ads either. They just play every time. Tell, hey, it's been five seconds. You can hit skip. Okay, just hit skip. <laughs> <sighs> so he decides to recreate it in a holodeck. And per our previous holodeck conversation, mm-hmm. where we were like, should people be allowed to recreate people in the holodeck? And we decided, no, they shouldn't. And they have to be 50% diff more different. Otherwise, we can't. So You should have given them horse bodies. <laughs> <laughs> just their horse asses. <laughs> but I was just thinking about that. So, like, then you couldn't do this. You couldn't, like, make these oh. um, situations. This is why, where... why our petition was rejected by Starfleet. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, no, he he does. I, I do kind of love that Jordy is very consistent with this. He's like, I got a problem. Let's take it to Holodeck 3. I'll solve it. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I like that. I I was worried. I was like, Jordy, don't fall in love with anyone in there. But he didn't. <laughs> he almost fell in love with himself, but he knew he had to delete himself <laughs> before he started making out with himself. A year from now, he walks in and sees himself in the holodeck. I'm like, really? I am violated. <laughs> yeah, what's he, what's, what's he, he does say something horribly inappropriate, though, John. Let's hear it. Computer, remove LaForge. Okay, everything we know about the holodeck tells me that he should have, like, just been totally disintegrated right at that moment. R. Jordy. You do not say that when you were in the holodeck, Jordy. What are you thinking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> not a good, good move. Point. Not a good move. But he, he dodged that bullet and survived. For now. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is uh, this is a cool. It, it, it goes a little long, but overall, I think this is a really cool. Another kind of Hitchcockian type scene where Jordy is uh, solving the mystery and working his way through it. And yeah, there's a creepy shadow. Yeah, I'm glad they kept it as a shadow too. That made it creepier. Like, oh no, we. We're not going to, like, try and assign a skin tone to this. Like, no, it's just, here's the blob. Oh, yeah, when they make the form. Yeah, that's super cool and creepy. Yeah, it was... I almost almost kind of wish we hadn't seen it in this scene, because it's even creepier when they go looking for Jordy and and Worf and Riker and all of them just walk in on this. Like, it's just such a weird scene for them to walk into. It definitely felt very... I, I, I keep using the word, but I wrote it down a lot of times, creepy. Yeah. Did anybody ever read the The Lost World by Michael Crichton? Oh yeah, the sequel to Jurassic Park. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, because like there are, you know, I was I was thinking about that with this, and it's like, oh yeah, because it's like okay, the thing casts a shadow, so it's obviously like chameleon like, but it's chameleon like from every perspective that they're looking at it. So somebody standing behind it should have seen this shadow. But then I was thinking about because they've got dinosaurs in the lost world where the same thing that were chameleon enough until they started waving flashlights around and got them all pissed off and they could start to see him again. And I was like, oh, I like <laughs> I like the half chameleon, half invisible right. aspect of this, especially if this planet d- doesn't get direct sunlight. It could kind of make sense that, you know, whatever chameleon chemistry that evolution has evolved for these guys that I wouldn't have taken into account direct light like that, that I'm just picturing pitch black Star Trek now. <laughs> oh shit. That would yeah. be another amazing <laughs> crossover. <laughs> uh Worf would have been the first to die. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that scene too. Uh, there's a moment where he's kind of looking back at the guy with the camera, mm-hmm. looking at the a woman that's in front of the shadow and he does that like a couple of times i really enjoyed that just like kind of back and forth yeah the shadow creature did you think it was Gollum? i thought it was Gollum, <laughs> and he was just wearing the ring you know yeah well i thought when you know he instructed the computer to create what was causing the shadow i totally thought it was going to be alec baldwin with a fedora and a bad nose job of course uh, jordy knows I'm um, sorry that I the didn't shadow, anyway. Marcy. The shadow, the 1990 blockbuster oh. <laughs> hit starring Alec Baldwin, Tim Curry. I like how Cam like saw my face of <laughs> blankness. <laughs> he had to tell me. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so yes, Crusher finally discovers the uh, the mutation inside of Lighten, and uh, they do they is that the the big head device that they use for Riker at the end of season two? Yep. Yeah, the same weird, like, head spiky machine. Oh, yep. sweet. Is this the part where Leighton is officially turning into a who from Whoville? <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> from the li- that is what she looks like. <laughs> the oh, live action I knew she looked like something, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, that, that nightmare fuel. <laughs> this That's is right. not the last time we'll see makeup like that on one of these characters, either. Oh. Yeah. So someone else did get impregnated and missed, uh, missed out their surgery, oh, yes. huh? Jim Carrey's The Grinch does make an appearance in a future episode. It's a, it's a cross promotion. And so the the, uh, the surgery is successful. And, you know, they obviously want to find Jordy so they can do the same thing for him. And Crusher gets a glass of water. She uh, Her 
staff knows to give her water. This is not the first time we've seen her get a glass of water in the operating room. What is this room. vodka? Yep. That's actually what she's drinking. Probably she's, more likely, yeah. That's yeah. why she's so specific on the temperature. It's just a, like, it, it's like pre-programmed keyboard shortcut. Ogawa, like, you keep my vodka degrees. 34 degrees. Yep. Also, it's another write-up to Starfleet for you. Anyway, so she asks for Jordy, takes a sip. The computer says, we don't know where Jordy is. And I thought for sure there was going to be a spit take. And I, I'm sad that we didn't get a Crusher spit take. It would have been perfect. That would have been good. But he's, he's not on the ship. He's not on he's the ship. disappeared. <sighs> They they send the uh, team to go search for the holodeck. I I and another speaking of missed opportunities, and this is a legit one. I don't know why they didn't like hold up Jordy's visor and show that they found his visor here. Mm. Right. That seems like it also been more... I was just like waiting for Worf to get his ass kicked again <laughs> by Jordy. He just like runs into the the blob, the great blob, <laughs> and goes flying. <laughs> That's funny. He gets beat up by a blob hologram. <laughs> it didn't even move, Worf. <laughs> So yeah, is this where Jordy goes full predator? <laughs> yeah, pretty the much. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. That's good, and especially when you kind of saw him flicker in the holodeck or the the teleporter. That was that was a cool yep. effect. Oh yeah, when he did that, he looked like the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> oh oh yeah. yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if the predator, uh, if it was an actual reference to Predator, you know. But then in the next scene, where Worf goes, well, if Jordy can bleed, we can kill him. Then I knew. It, then I knew it was intentional. So that was, cocked, cocked his phaser. Do you think when they were about to go on the planet that Worf had covered himself in mud and was like, "I'm ready"? And they're like, "Worf, you don't. You he don't have to." Every time they go down, I saw, I saw this old Earth movie. Trust me, you want to do this. I gotta say, the scene in Predator. Where the guy starts shooting into the jungle, and oh, then every yeah. single of the guys, other guys, shows up, and they're like, "I guess this is what we're doing," and they all <laughs> just, just start shooting. Total into the bro jungle. solidarity. It's like yeah. we are mowing this jungle down. Unload. I love Go. that scene. It's like something's in the trees. Let's all blow it down. I don't know. That's one of the best scenes in cinema history. If you had to lug yeah. that giant gun through the jungle for a couple of days without shooting it, you would look for any excuse to blow off some of that steam. Uh, we get uh, more grumpy Riker. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. it makes... Right? All damn season. All damn, and I guess, you know... So butthurt. Dealing with what, yeah. what he did with the Borg makes sense that he'd be a different Riker, but he is not as fun as he was on season one. Poor Riker's been through some shit. Yeah, and he had to have sex with that girl when he didn't want oh, to. He's shit, like reeling right. from that rape. <laughs> he still misses his kid, who he just abandoned, apparently. Yeah, the Party City alien. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's been through some trauma, so. I didn't jot down that Riker was cranky. I totally missed it. Which scene is that? Is it oh, during with, ta- Data's tinkering? Where Worf is like, yeah, we can, uh, we'll be able to pick him up in a few hours. Jordy doesn't have a fucking few hours, Worf! <laughs> 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 fucking like- bird bone Klingon. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fun. I'm glad you laughed because I committed. I was like, Jesus, if this doesn't get a reaction. No, that was good. That's it your new good. Riker impression. Hmm. Now you have a Captain Picard and a Riker. That's right. Fucking bird bone Klingon. Go back to fucking Klingon land. Why don't you go fight a gray blob again? Get your ass handed to you. I'm going to go save my friend Jordy is what I'm going to do. Huh? Remember him? Hold me back, Captain. Hold me back. 
<laughs> no one holds them back. <laughs> <laughs> This was one of those scenes. There's like a couple scenes where, like, when I was watching this the first time in the background, I was like, "This is so unusually paced," and like they're kind of spinning. The, the show's kind of spinning its wheels, but it totally works. Like the pacing of the show. There's like a couple scenes where, like, I guess the one where Jordy is like working everything out with the computer. It's yeah. not. It's the same thing as when Crusher was working it out with the computer, but it's somehow not as compelling. But yeah, that, it's still good it's somehow. Good. But not- I think they could have shaved like a minute out of there. Like there was maybe one too many like look back and forth or. But it's it was hard all, but for somebody like it. LeVar Burton who has very emotive eyes. It's like, right. yeah, when Gase McFadden is doing this and trying to figure out why her, her whole universe is collapsing, it's like we see it right. on her face. When you cover up his eyes and give him right. that much time to try and solve, it's like, yeah, this is all that's fair. Eye acting, and he, he's an eye actor, not a mouth actor. Actor, <laughs> so yeah. What's a mouth actor? Who's what's an example of a uh, mouth actor? Kevin Spacey was a mouth actor. Okay, okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Actually, yeah, Stallone. Yeah. So they uh, they beam down to the planet with Leighton in tow, and uh, using Data's blacklight technology, they they find they find all of them. They find well, not all, at least the one the missing crew members, and it's a really cool, creepy effect at first. Yep. They're visible under black light. You know what that means? They're made of semen. Sorry. <laughs> they were impregnated. Exactly. Thank you. They're for made of bodily fluids. Sorry, I hate to say it. Uh, well, you know. No, that flows. That 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 follows. Or they're well, maybe they're wrapped in sheets from the Las Vegas hotel or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jordy did just come out of the holodeck, Rob. So he did. He did just fall on the floor of the holodeck before this. So. Ooh, that's oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there you go. <laughs> I do like it when they like catch them and they're like yeah. deer in the headlights. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, they look like. Yeah, exactly. So can they feel the black light on their skin because none of them are facing and they like. Are they that photosensitives to to UV or black light that well, they feel it in turn? In the episode, she says they shouldn't be able to tell that we're using it on them. Oh, interesting. Right? But they yeah. definitely react. Well, as do they? Soon as yeah. it hits Maybe them. they're reacting to the away team reacting to seeing them. I don't. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Because Worf let out a really, really high pitched scream <laughs> <laughs> and just started firing into the trees. <laughs> Jack Lee Fraser. <laughs> I love that, that like every episode he's like shooting into the jungle just hoping one of his friends will join him and nobody oh, does. Uh. <laughs> you know, Pulaski would have. Pulaski would have joined. Oh, yeah, yeah she would have. <laughs> can they see each other glowing? Does like do they are they reacting to suddenly they're oh, like, oh well, I can see my fr- oh yeah. I can see my friend glowing over there. Oh yeah, Maybe. yeah okay. I can see that. God <laughs> damn it, that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if if none of their systems can detect these guys, except like this light can shine on them, is the only way they can detect these guys. How does the teleporter beam them up? He's, well, he's holding, holding Layton, but but they can't, yeah. the teleporter shouldn't even be able to detect that anything's holding Layton. Is this the bring Lloydy Hay question again? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. I want answers to that. Oh, back to the old bring Lloydy Hay conundrum. <laughs> <laughs> the bring Lloydy Hay paradox. That's so right. I was, the scene where she's like talking to him. Mm-hmm. So you're 
absolutely right. It would have been a thousand times better with data now that you say that. Like, because I was that whole time thinking, like, why would he go with her? Like, why isn't somebody just stunning Jordy? Like, stun him, stun him, stun him. Why are you talking? Stun him, stun him right now. Get him back to the ship. Stun him, stun him. That was like, you could have stunned him like 8,000 times. Worf is itching to stun anything. <laughs> yeah. Give him a chance. So, also, there's that when he hugs her. This is why I knew it was LeVar Burton, and this is why I knew it was Jordy, because he's, like, hugging her, and then he's, like, stroking her back. <laughs> like, five times he strokes her back, and I was like, okay, she said you're her little brother, Jordy. Like, no means no. And then he whispered, the only way to bring me back is to do me. <laughs> Anyway, so like I knew he was under there playing Jordy because Jordy's gonna cop a feel even when he's an alien, even when he's a dirty, dirty Tarchanian. Well, she is guilty, she offered him friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Only it worked this time. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, the, I was watching this episode and I was really enjoying it. And the whole time I just had this sense of dread, like it's TNG. They're going to, they're not going to stick the landing. And that's what happened. And, but then I had a revelation that maybe we've been too hard on the TNG writers for all these kind of less than stellar endings because, and, and I don't know this, but I bet, I feel like this is a trait of all the shows of this time. And I, I think the networks were probably like, Look, once you've gotten rid of the external conflict, once, you know, the the patient has been cured, the hostage has been saved, the wacky uh, conundrum has been resolved, you've got two minutes to get out because we do not want people channel surfing away from our channel and they will get bored once once they know how it's going to end. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that like the writers have a set amount of time they can go after like they don't have as much time to resolve the emotional stakes as they do the physical stakes. Right, right. Yeah. That makes sense. But still, had it been data, I think they could have done it in the same amount of time and got the punch that they wanted. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think I'm ready to rate it if you guys are ready to rate sure. it. Sure. Uh, I just made a list of some possibilities. Uh, creepy black figures. <laughs> one to ten creepy black figures. Uh, stolen shuttlecraft. Mm-hmm. One to ten stolen mm-hmm. shuttlecraft. Uh, one to a uh, scale of one to six flipper fingers. Flipper um, fingers, yeah. <laughs> How many uh, grotesque Marcy horses would you store in your barn? <laughs> yeah. Uh, DNA sequences. Uh, How many men would you fire into the jungle with? Yeah. How many bros would be at your back? Firing into the jungle. Oh, I had the other idea. Um, buddy system. How many oh. buddies do you, should be around? <laughs> oh, the yeah. Yeah. There, we go. there we go. Okay. How many buddies would you like to be surrounded by at all times? <laughs> uh, this is an eight and a half buddies. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a fun one. Um, and I just like the how unique it is. Despite these scenes that kind of seem slow and like and don't really necessarily all of them go somewhere. It's just this weird pacing mm-hmm. um, that is unique, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sure, eight and a half. I could cut one buddy right down the middle. <laughs> down the middle or in half? Torso or lengthwise? Mm. Uh, go lengthwise, and then he'll... you can have two dicks. There you go. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so I'm giving it eight. I've got eight bros by my side. Um, bros and ladies, I guess, shooting into the jungle, screaming, ah, 
<laughs> Sorry. I know it's just to be your buddy to make sure you know. No, they can be oh, buddies yeah. who shoot yeah, the giant. <laughs> Gotta have your buddy next Bros. to you. Um, that movie is all about the buddies. That's right. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I just straight up, I feel like Rob said it perfectly where for some reason I felt like it's a little bit strange, but I really like the strange feel of every scene. And like, even the holodeck scene felt kind of long, but even I was still engaged in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the the guest star lady was kind of like a little different and their interactions were different, but like it all worked somehow. And of course, the UV effects uh, blew my <laughs> mind. So... Yeah, eight buddies. Yeah, I feel like uh, also this is how the holodeck should be used. Like this is yes. a perfect example of how you use the holodeck. So I'll forgive it running a little long just for finally doing it right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like uh, like I lo- there's so many elements I love. Like I can say that it's both Hitchcockian and Cronenbergy, and those are both excellent things for Star Trek to be. I, I I don't know if it's exactly a sum of its parts because it sort of it just doesn't quite stick the landing. But yeah, I mean, I was going through thinking it was an eight, a solid ocho. Nice, uh, John. What did you think? You know, of course, knowing that your your score is completely pointless. <laughs> well, me and my healthy working appendix. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give this one seven and a half out of ten healthy working appendices. No. <laughs> I do like this episode, but I think like talking about it with you guys actually brought it down for me a little. Like, yeah, it definitely would have been better as just the crew helping the crew episode. Because, like, yeah, she recovered from genetic manipulation (laughs) real fast to go down to the planet. But, yeah, I'll give it a seven and a half. half, So speaking of the buddy system, everyone, (laughs) we're going to be losing a buddy. A buddy. Oh. Which one is it going to be? Who do you think it's going to be, everyone? Yeah, take a vote. Let's <laughs> uh, let's leave them hanging. Let's yeah. do a cliffhanger. <laughs> no, you're. I'm not going to leave you hanging. I've decided to uh, step back and not be a full time host anymore. Mostly just to kind of focus on some other interests, as I've talked about a little bit. It's kind of depressed way last summer. And realize I spent a lot of my time in, like, fantasy worlds to escape that. And I feel like I want to spend more time in the real world on real world hobbies. So I'm not leaving for good, but... And you're not leaving right away. Yeah, yeah. I'll stay for the rest of this season. And then I'll come back for choice episodes uh, in the later seasons. I'm sure you can expect me back for any... Tasha related oh. episodes. So there are more Tasha related episodes. <laughs> I knew it. What? And Maybe. there's a new ensign that I think I want to be part of her introduction. Mm. I kind of figured you'd want to be part of her introduction. So. Yeah. So Ensign yeah. Marcy is graduating on and joining another starship called Life. Yeah. <laughs> Will you still be watching the episodes and maybe like text us a rating so we can keep it on the spreadsheet? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I probably will because it'll be interesting to like be not part of it and see what it feels like to be a listener, like <laughs> watching the episode yeah. and then listening. To- if you watch the episodes, text us any thoughts you have and we might just, you know, read them on air. Uh, that'll be a segment, the, the Marcy Minute. Sure. Yeah. We'll have to put horse neighing behind it. <laughs> yes. 
no, I will miss these moments. Like, I do have a lot of fun um, on green shirt laughing and get getting together with friends. But it's time for me to move on, but not for good, for good. Just It won't be the same without you, Marcy. Um, and also, get the fuck out. <laughs> Get out. I can't handle it. Get out now. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but don't worry. We are continuing. Rob and John and I are uh, soldiering on. We're buddies. That's yeah. right. We'll ride this to the end. We don't know exactly what season five will look like. Yeah. Will it? Will we get a new host? Will we just do more guests? Not sure. So now would be a perfect time to come to our social media and let us know. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us what you'd like to see in season five, what we definitely need to keep, what you, what new things you'd like to see. Because the show, you know, Marcy is a huge part and it's going to be something different going forward. So help us, help us shape it. You can do that at facebook.com slash greenshirt podcast at greenshirt87 is the Twitter, the Instagram, Marcy. At Greenshirt Podcast on Instagram. My my appendix is starting its own in- Instagram account, so you can follow my appendix. On, <laughs> and then uh, iTunes is a wonderful place to go and leave your five-star reviews. We've actually we've been getting a couple more, and I do want to take a moment. We usually uh, speed through this obligatory kind of uh, social media shout-outs, but I want to take a moment. We recently passed 500 followers on Twitter, and... That's that's pretty cool, I guess. That I mean, compared to where we were six months ago, it's a big deal. We've really kind of been embraced by the Star Trek and the podcast communities on Twitter. And we appreciate every follower and again, every rating. And yeah, everyone who listens to this and, and checks in every two weeks to uh, hear us talk about these episodes is, I mean, it's amazing. We have listeners in what? South Africa, every continent, South, uh, every continent. Sweet. Like and you are the, all the 30, awesome to the 35 of you who stick around after Marcy leaves. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <Appreciate it>. Exactly. <laughs> we understand why you uh, join her in the real world. <laughs> so I do want to take a quick moment to thank some of those people uh, who have, who've helped us out there. You know, um, there's a, a bunch of other podcasts. Some of them listen to us like Jesse who was on last week uh, from the sudden, Butt at sudden, Butt podcast uh others i'm not sure if they listen but they really kind of go out of their way to help boost our signal at next on stage one uh is a fun podcast um about the adult entertainment industry it's two workers in the adult entertainment industry telling funny stories about their times there and if you listen to this show you are not afraid of a dick joke so head over there they've got some good ones as well (laughs) Uh, At Cheap Seat Cast is who I was just on talking about Willow with. They're a fun podcast that really helps us out. At Dex Lower is the Funnest Frontier podcast. And at Shonen Flopcast, if you are big into manga, they uh, tackle uh, canceled mangas. And they kind of have a similar vibe to us. So you can check them out. I can't wait to subscribe to the the adult industry one and be flushing uh, while driving around. <laughs> Rob, just Always I quit, I quit, I quit, I quit. <laughs> I, can't, I can't quit you. I can't quit you. Uh, and then, yeah, then we've got some listeners, too. Uh, Michelle P. is at OnTheRocks81. And guys, Commander Kern at Other Son of Mog. His picture is Commander Kern. I think it's the Klingon Commander Kern is now a listener. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Do you think he hate listens? Is he hate listening? What did we say about him? I, I think we liked him. That was the Tony Todd character. Yeah. So oh, only good Kern's things. awesome. That's Worf's brother. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. He's a fan. So, yeah. So thank you, everyone. Uh, keep, keep coming on. 
we always enjoy uh, continuing the conversation. Yeah, thanks, gang. Thank don't you. forget to don't forget to tell a buddy about us. Tell your buddy about us and have uh, them chime in. <laughs> All right. So, what's our next episode? Speaking of the future, our next episode is the nth degree. Mm. I didn't prepare anything for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the nth degree. So, I'm trying to think if if uh, uh, if it's an episode where. Uh, Wesley has come back with his college nth degree, what that N would stand for. Uh, uh, um, but I, I am really struggling to come up with an, an N word in this particular case. Nacelles? Nanobots? Yeah, there you, <laughs> Nanobot. go. Mm, there you go. He comes back and he creates the Borg. This is the episode where go. they travel back in time and <laughs> yeah. and we finally discover the origins of the Borg was actually his uh, Wesley. Wesley. <laughs> Nanobots. Yep, oh, we did it. We did it. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the assist there, guys. <laughs> yeah, cut the rest of the episode. Cut it, uh, this thing <laughs> right in half so he can have two penises. Two penises. Yay! <laughs> this is a two-penis episode. <laughs> uh, if I'm remembered for saying one thing. All right, don't forget. Don't forget. <laughs> Say goodbye to Horsey. Give me my apple, Cameron. Come back here. Don't you walk away from me. Ah, you ate me out of Apple and Home, Marcy. Go to your shed. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Remove LaForge.